here we are at the beginning of the year and you're trying to plan your nonprofit communications. Where do you start? That's what I'm talking about today on the Life and Mission podcast. I'm Kay Helm. Let's get going. Okay, I'm not talking about the whole planning process for your whole year. We're going to get there, but I really want to hit on the main piece of your communication, and that's your newsletter that you send out to your donors a few times a year. This episode is based on a listener question. So Ryan, this is your question. How often should a newsletter be sent out? And I know a lot of you have this question. So here's the deal. I recommend four newsletters a year if possible. Also remembering that newsletters do not have to be big or complicated or uber fancy. Okay, you you don't have to produce a big slick magazine. So if you are a small one-person shop or if there's a couple of you running this nonprofit, you don't have to try and compete with the big guys. And then there might be times when something quick and easy can count as a newsletter. Word document that you print out on really nice paper, that can be a newsletter. It does not have to be a slick, you know, professionally produced, fancy thing. Try to make it fit with your organization, the image that you want to project. You do want to look professional. You do want to uh, do things uh, with excellence, okay? But that doesn't mean it has to be complicated, and that doesn't mean it has to be super expensive and time-consuming for you. You want to send a print newsletter by mail because people don't always look at their email. On average, your email people are only going to see about every seventh or eighth email that you send. They're only going to open and read every seventh or eighth email. This is also why we tell people, you know, email your people a lot. First of all, they don't see everything that you send. Second of all, they don't have time to read it. For me, I'll leave something unread because I want to go back to it. But then I get 50 more emails and that thing gets pushed down to where I don't see it anymore. Well, now it's just gone forever, basically. I'm never going to get back to it. Or if I do, it's going to be months later. So I'm sorry about that. But this is how life goes. And this is how email works. With mail, we go to our box, our little mailbox, and we pick it up. And we get, what, a lot of junk. Mostly junk mail. I get bills in my mailbox. And then I get mail for other people in my mailbox. And then I get junk mail, things sent to resident. Now, if I get a letter that's addressed to me by name that is not from a bulk sender, I'm going to open that. If I get a letter that stands out and tells me very clearly that it's from you, from somebody that I want to be involved with, then I'm going to open that. So having your organization's logo on the envelope is great. Someone that works with us, one of our mission writers, uses brightly colored envelopes. Like I'll get a pink envelope or a bright yellow envelope (laughs) and he just buys these in bulk and just, you know, sends out newsletters in these envelopes and it gets my attention and I open it and I go, oh, Jeff sent me that, you know, and and I'll open it up because I know who it's from and I know it's going to be good stuff about his ministry. 
So your people want to hear from you. Make it easy for them to spot that, hey, I'm sending you something and then use their name. If you're sending a letter, don't have it say, dear friend. Anytime you, you write the word dear, it better have their first name after that. Okay, just make it personal. You know them and act like it. You send a print newsletter by mail and then you take the stories from the newsletter and you send them one at a time by email. Same stories. You might tweak them a little bit. You might adjust them a little bit for email to make them easier to read on a phone. You don't have to write whole new things. And don't try to clump your whole newsletter in. Don't try to attach it to an email, all of that. For the most part, your emails should just act like emails and your print newsletters should act like print newsletters. Take the stories, the content, and put them in an email one at a time. Now you've got lots of smaller pieces of content. You've put all that work into putting together your newsletter. Now that content can work for you. If you have five or six stories in your newsletter, well, that's five or six weeks worth of emails right there that you don't have to do a lot of extra work for. And that should help you out a little bit. So you send that out and that repetition is good. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's not, don't think of it as repetition. Think of it as reinforcement. <laughs> so those are more touch points for your supporters. Okay. So now I've said four newsletters a year. If you can't do four, great. Do three. If you can't do three, do two. Send the number of newsletters that makes sense for you. Four is great because well, first of all, you're, you're creating this content and it's going to really serve you well to create a lot of touch points through the year for being in contact with your donors and giving them a chance to respond. Please don't neglect putting an envelope or some sort of response device in that newsletter that really says, we need you to give. So here's your chance. Here, we're going to make this easy for you. It may be tempting to skip printed mailings and save the expense. And so if you're thinking about this, I want you to consider the cost of not doing a print mailing. And I say this from experience. We made this mistake a few years ago and we saw donations drop for pretty, pretty badly. <laughs> and here's the reason. Some of our donors don't do email. They just don't do it. So automatically, when we stopped print mailing of newsletters, it cut a bunch of people. Just They just were suddenly out of the loop. They didn't know what we were going doing. They never heard from us. It was just, it was bad. <laughs> and it wasn't a lot of people, but still, it was, you know, depending on who it is, too, that can be a big hit for your donations, just saying. So some people just don't ever check their email. Other people have inboxes so full that we just get lost in the mix, but they will open the letters. They will read your print newsletters and they will respond. I have visited donors in their homes and found our newsletters stuck up on the refrigerator, like right next to their, their grandchild's artwork. And that is a place of honor. Don't, <laughs> don't miss how important that can be. Our, one couple keeps our newsletter on their piano next to their music. And so it's right there in their living room all the time. And I love that. And I know they're praying for us too. 
And I know there was another one. She kept her a newsletter in her Bible and she prayed for us every single morning. How cool is that? Guys, this is gold. That is so precious when people will keep that newsletter out to remind them to pray for you. This isn't just about giving. There are things that are going to happen in your ministry that happen because people are praying, not because they're giving. Do not ever forget that. Don't ever forget the things that are going to happen in your ministry because of relationships, not gifts, not, not donations. Honor those things. Honor those relationships. Honor those prayers. Those are essential for your ministry. Okay, let me tell you what happened when we switched over to email only. A good friend came up to me and she said, hey, why haven't you sent me an envelope? And I'm like, what? I, I just totally missed what she was saying. She said, yeah, I haven't seen a newsletter from you in a while. What's going on? And I'm still thinking, an envelope? What are you talking about envelope? Well, for her, the envelope in the newsletter was her trigger to give. She gave whenever we sent her an envelope. The newsletter was an envelope delivery device. So I was like, oh, girl, I'm going to send you a newsletter all the time. But, you know, we joked about it. But she really brought up something that, honestly, I hadn't thought about. That envelope that comes with the newsletter, that's the thing. When, when we send something with an envelope, that's when she gives. Like, that's the only time they give. They're not going online to find your 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 wonderful donation page on your website. They're not seeking you out online or anywhere else. They're waiting for that piece of mail. And when they get it, they go, oh yeah, I love this organization. And they just drop a check in there. (laughs) That's good stuff. And a lot of times these are people that give larger gifts. So just pay attention to that. And that just might be something, you know, that, that is worth sending that mailing out for. So no newsletter, no envelope, no envelope, no gift. Lesson learned. So back to what I said at the beginning, your newsletter does not have to be slick, but it does have to be well-written and engaging. It has to answer these questions. Every newsletter has to answer these questions in some way. Who are you? What problem do you solve? Can I trust you? How do I get involved? And does my gift really have an impact? I'm going to say it again. Who are you? What is the problem you solve? Can I trust you? How do I get involved? Give here, volunteer here. Here's how you connect. What do you want me to do? Be really clear. That's your call to action. And does my gift really have an impact? And that's why you want those transformation stories or impact stories in your newsletter. Here's what you did, donor. Yes, your gift has an impact. And so if you'll answer those questions, your newsletters will get responses. And so, yeah, try it out. Let me know how it turns out for you. Are you, are you doing this? How many newsletters do you send out? What's the response rate? Now, if you have a donor base that is primarily online, um, how can you get them over to, to mail? How can you get addresses? I don't know. You want to send them something? Send them a bookmark, send them a little prize. Some of our mission writers send out little seed packets or little tea from the places that they, they work in. It just depends. Make sure it's flat so that your newsletters don't come uh, with postage due. 
Don't make your people pay <laughs> to get your mail. Don't do that. That's that's something that happens from time to time when we get a little carried away with trying to put something in the envelopes. And also, you know, the flatness also means that the post office can process the mail using their machinery and they don't have to hand process things. Size of the letter matters, thickness, all of that. So keep it within bounds. Go talk to your local post office and they'll, they'll help you out. They'll, they'll tell you this is good. This is bad and stay within those guidelines and they'll really help you out. Your newsletter does not have to hurt you. So find what works for you. But I'm just saying, don't forget that that print piece in a mailbox is a really powerful tool that you have and do it, do it. The question was how many times? I'm going to tell you four. If you can't do four, do three. If you can't do three, do two. God bless you. Have fun. Go raise a lot of money. Find your voice. Tell your story. Change the world. Hey, it's Kay here. There's one big truth about fundraising that people do not tell you when you start out. And that is, if you struggle to tell stories, you will struggle to raise funds. But what kinds of stories do you tell? How do you tell them? Where do you find them? How do you put them together? And how do you do all that while you're running your ministry, while you're doing all the work and all the things that you have to do? It does not have to be overwhelming. This is my good news. And also, I want you to hear this. Fundraising is not just about asking for money. Raising funds for your mission does not have to feel icky. Fundraising is really about relationships. It's about sharing stories with friends. And it's about being very clear about what it takes to accomplish great things together. I created the Mission Writers course to help you tell better stories, to know what stories to tell, when to tell them, how to tell them, where to find your stories. So go over to missionwriters.org. That's missionwriters, like you're writing. Missionwriters.org has all the details on the course and on the group coaching program. So you have two options. And if you love a missionary or a nonprofit leader who needs this course, gift certificates are available. So check it out at missionwriters.org and let's make 2024 your best year ever.